streaming live soon. Please stand by. Good morning. So good to be with you and those of you who have been following us weekly throughout the United States. We want to welcome you. And this morning, I want to talk about uh, uh, the prophecy spoken on Timothy. It's an interesting exchange between, between Paul and Timothy. And it begins on chapter 1, verse 18. It says, This charge I commit unto you. This charge I commit unto you. Meaning that to speak over someone's mind, someone's heart, someone's life, it's a charge. It means the Holy Spirit propels you as the leader to speak unto that person's life. Uh, and before, before I go on to this, I'd like to take a, a, a little time uh, to uh, read the, the, the text completely. It says, This charge I commit unto you, a charge. Son Timothy refers to a command, an injunction. It says, according to the prophets which went before on you. So meaning that in the past, and we're going to cover that scripture, that moment, a group of elders in the church spoke unto in the, in the life of Timothy. So this is important if you are a member of a church, a leader in your church, you're a pastor, that you've got to be, to be uh, aware that when you can, you can charge someone in the name of Jesus Christ for a specific job, that, that is possible. Now, when you go to 1 Corinthians 12, and you come into the gifts of the Holy Spirit, uh, it speaks about the operation of the gifts. And prophecy here on this point has nothing to do with the gifts has to do with a prophetic statement. There's a difference. You know, the vocal gifts that we begin to discuss with you uh, uh, out of the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit, uh, it talks about prophecy, tongues, and interpretation. That there is prophesying has nothing to do with what we're talking about here. There's a difference between prophesying and, and, to, and to, to be the prophet. Speaking to people's lives what God has ordained in your heart. So, let's begin with that. It says, according to the prophecies which went before you, and that's Acts 16, we'll get there in a minute, that you by them, what do you mean by them? What was spoken over you or your head, which, so it says, that you by them war a good fight, war a good warfare. Now, my father spoke into my life, on a night I left Brazil, 1960, July the 3rd. It was about an hour that he spoke unto me. He, it was detailed, a detailed prayer. He spoke about how I would be picked up at the airport, how I would stay in a church in Jacksonville, how I would be transferred to Madison, Florida, another town in the south, he said. And from there, my son, you will uh, from there graduate and become a blessing. And then God will carry on back to Atlanta. And God will open a door for you to go to seminary. From there you're going to Athens. And God will provide. And of course, 
all of that my father said was so specific in a period of about uh, an hour that all I don't hear is when I'm going to die. But I heard everything else. And so this is the type of prophecy that was spoken in the, in the head of Timothy. Okay? Now, holding faith in a good conscience, which some having, been, having, having put away concerning faith, have some have made shipwrecked. In other words, you shipwrecked your faith because you lived according to another prophecy instead of what God has bestowed upon your life. Now, that's interesting because I have this dying desire to help the Methodist people. I was ordained a Methodist person by a Methodist bishop, Bishop Cannon. And that prayer that he had over me was against the grain, against everything that they, they didn't want an evangelist. They didn't want to become, there's no, no, they couldn't help it. I had to be the evangelist. And of course, I'm very, uh, at those days, very ignorant. If it wasn't for Mary Elizabeth Wolf and the leaders of those days to get this young boy to understand the gifts of the Holy Spirit and then finally uh, being baptized by the Holy Spirit that changed my life, I don't know if I survived. So when I go look back, there were 10 years of poverty where we barely ate. And all of us were mentally challenged because of lack of food. But then the Holy Spirit came in, filled me up, and the prophecy took place. If I had left that prophecy today, I would have shipwrecked my faith. So this is what Paul is saying to Timothy. And he says, he says this, Holding faith in a good conscience, which some having put away concerning faith, have, have made shipwreck, shipwreck their faith, of whom Hermeneus and Alexander, whom I have delivered unto Satan, that they learn not to blaspheme. Now, I must say to you, that I've never been able to bless from anybody. It's just not in me. And it's not in my spiritual makeup to curse somebody. I just don't know how to do it. But Paul seemed to say that he turned two guys to Satan. So what do you mean by that? It means that Paul, God spoke to Paul a charge because you see, if you look at... Uh, at the fourth chapter uh, of, uh, forget about what I said. If you look at First uh, Timothy 18 through 20, you have the word, in keeping with the prophecies, okay, in keeping with the prophecies. So let me read it again. I commit unto you, son Timothy, according to the prophecies which went before on you, meaning, According to the prophecy spoken of your mind. So there's a moment there in which the prophecy was spoken. Now let's go to 1 Timothy 4.14 and 15. And it's a very powerful scripture. And you have to understand what he's saying. He's talking to Timothy here again. He's saying this. Uh, Neglect not the gift that is in you. What do you mean the gift here? The gift here that he's referring to, it is the prophecy spoken upon his life and the anointing of the Holy Spirit spoken upon his life, the call of God. So, so really, the prophecy that the elders in, 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 uh, and, and later on I'll tell you where they are, 
what he spoke upon the life of Timothy was about to call. Now, is that important? Very much so. Because if someone is called of God to continue to serve him, then if they leave that call, uh, 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 they are in danger of judgment. In other words, the call of God is for, for life. To serve the Lord in any capacity that you find yourself. And so, sometimes you have people who simply just are completely, completely, they, they, they leave the Lord, they go uh, uh, car washing for something when they're supposed to be called of God to get the word. So, so Paul uh, on 4.14 is saying, Neglect not the gift that is in you, the call that's in you, which was given by, by the prophecy. Now when you say the prophecy, here, it is saying the anointing of the Holy Spirit, the call of God, uh, the empowering of the Spirit of God, the Word of God spoken, just like Paul spoken to Timothy. Okay? And then he says something in verse 15, which is really beautiful. It says, meditate upon these things. What do you mean by that? Remember, Timothy, that you were called to serve God. And it's impossible for you to serve God when you begin to stand, accuse, harass the man who prayed over you. So w the reason why Paul said, I'm going to commit you to the devil, and, I mean, it's a serious, a serious charge. You know, you might, uh, you might disagree with me on this, but it's a serious charge. He says, whom I have delivered unto Satan, 1 Corinthians 5, 5, that you may learn not to blaspheme. And so those of you who are blaspheming this ministry in, in several ways need to understand that that's a dangerous thing to do. It's a dangerous thing to do. And so I've been trying to the darnest not to respond to any accusation toward me by retaliation. Because when you retaliate, you're actually making the things worth. You're committing the same sin. So Paul is saying that, that this, these two guys, Hermanias and Alexander, he delivered them unto Satan. Why? Because they blasphemed Paul. And so in the midst of the storm of serving the Lord and being with needs and your personal needs, the needs of others, one thing that I've learned, and of course, you know, I've been doing this over 50 years, and you don't know what happened in 50 years, is not to blaspheme somebody. In other words, there's a stain in, 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 uh, in the scriptures, in American uh, uh, sayings. It says, uh, do not bite the hand that feeds you. I don't know what that means per se, because I'm bilingual, so sometimes it doesn't mean much to me. But I think what it says is that if somebody blessed your life, and there is a problem of disruption of that relationship... Don't blaspheme them for any reason whatsoever. That's a dangerous thing to do. If you have any ministry whatsoever, why? Because you see, all of us make mistakes. And if I made mistakes, it doesn't mean that somehow I'm going to accuse you of anything. And so, so now let's, let's, let's get back to verse, uh, verse uh, chapter 4, which is 14, 15. Here we go. Meditate upon these things. 
think about it. That what's spoken over you has to last your lifetime. And of course, you know, Timothy really covered the churches of Ephesus. As they cut this coming of March, we're going into the seven churches of Revelation, which Timothy has a lot to do with it. Okay, so Paul is saying, I'm, I'm anointing you because God has a call on your life. And, and give yourself wholly unto them. Total devotion. Now, have I been faithful to my call to the Methodist Church? Yes. How many years? 42 years. Am I dying being faithful to preach to them, which in my ministry is the baptism of the Holy Spirit and salvation of the lost? You know, we're going to Cuba this month. And that's about 400 people being baptized at the beach between Bishop Ricardo and I and the little mission team of 13 people. And we're going to baptize those those, uh, 400 people at the beach at, at Sierra de Vila. Now, all of them are Methodists in Cuba. So my, I'm commit, I've been to Peru. I've been ministering there to the pastors. And we had over now at least uh, 50 pastors that are key leaders, plus all their, their entourage, over 250 people, already came together in two mission trips and we're ministering to them the Word of God. So I've been faithful to my call. I don't know if I've done a good job or not. I don't know if somebody could do better. I'm not measuring against anybody else. Uh, there have been mistakes. Yes, there have been mistakes, uh, uh, especially on translation. But, but that's okay. I'm serving the Lord in my call. All right? And then it says this, that you profiting may appear, may appear to all. Meaning that when you're called, you continue to bless people The prophet simply means that they look good if you bless them. And then it says, Continue and take heed unto yourself and unto the doctrine. What doctrine is he talking about? Well, uh, when you go to Hebrews uh, chapter 6, when discussing about uh, falling away from temptation and all of that, Hebrews 6, you know, and he says, uh, forgetting all of the things that are involved in the plan, the worship of God, in the doctrine of baptism, faith toward God, repentance, and, and laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works, all of that. These are doctrines. But he's also pointed out that to anoint and speak a charge over, over a Christian man or woman that is calling to ministry is a doctrine statement. It is doctrine. It is biblically correct. Now, when... Let's go to Timothy 6.12. First Timothy 6.12, because uh, there is a, uh, a word on verse 12 I want to read to you. I read it last night. It says, Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life whereunto you also called and have professed a good profession before many witnesses. In other words, in other words, Timothy, if there's no call, there's no way to fight. If you have no call, then you will not win the fight. You've got to be very careful with that. 
because a lot of people are just ministering but don't have a call. You know, I know a, a lady right now that don't have a call. She don't know what to do next. And so what she needs is someone who speaks to her. And then she, she, she will leave all the things that are so difficult to overcome in life. And I, I, I'll go to that in a minute. Fight the good fight. Lay hold of eternal life. Whereunto you are also called. And so someone with that charge over their heads, be very careful. Don't listen to anybody. Seek the Lord's decision as to about everything. Do not get bad counsel. Because see, the counsel that you might get is, is, is in relation to what they have experienced and were not able to fulfill it. But not you. So when you ignore the call of God into your life and depend on somebody's opinion, you, you, you may be turning to Satan and nothing will happen to you. Nothing will work. And you're trapped between heaven and earth. Let's go to 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 3. It says, You therefore endure hardness. Meaning, you know, I never thought that uh, serving the Lord would not require hardness. I have been hungry. I have been homeless in a way in those 10 years. I have been persecuted, isolated, put down, harassed. And even this very moment, I'm being blasphemed by somebody. I mean, that's the way it is. You can't just ignore it. But one thing that keeps me fighting is that I want to get the work done. And so this ministry here that I have over you, I want to prophesy over your life today. That the Lord bless your life. You therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Now don't 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 get a cushy job. Don't just simply just settle down about your life and have no challenge. Because you see, living in America is a funny thing, you know, you, you're accustomed to good things. No man who wars entangles himself with affairs of this life. Verse 4, chapter 2 of of, of, uh, of first, Second Timothy. Chapter 2 of Second Timothy, verse 4. What are the entanglements? You know, money. It's kind of funny that uh, money can be an entanglement. It's because you begin worshiping money. You know, today we are serving over 5,000 meals in Brazil. I never dreamed that that would come so fast. People eating at our doorsteps. And I need money to pay that bill. And when it comes to me and personal money, I simply don't know how to buy it. I don't know how to spend it. I don't know how to deal with it, except giving offers to people. So, what is entanglement? Well, I tell you, have you seen the Georgia football team play? When it comes about uh, 7.30 on Saturday night, I mean, I'm drawn to that television. And I'm entangled by it. <laughs> I don't know how to get out. I don't know how to do it. Amen. I just ask the Lord, for, please, would you still let me, let me sit on this sofa? Because I have two rooms where the TV is, and the next door is the sunroom with a chair. 
facing the sun. And so my, my, my inclination is to go to the sun, sun room. But sometimes, you know, I, I don't want to be entangled by Georgia. Imagine if Georgia loses to Auburn. It's going to be a major catastrophe in the kingdom of the Bulldogs, you know. Uh, I think affairs of this life is to be involved with something that sucks your time. It robs your time like a, like a club, you know. I mean, go play golf every Saturday for five hours. I just can't do that. I just don't have it in me to, 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 to have any feeling for the golf ball falling into that hole. I have no desire in my life. I have no desire to go in a party and get drunk and come home late. I have no desire. I have no desire to go see the Braves play and pay $50. Just not in me. On television, yes. But to pay $50, I feel like I'm rough. <laughs> well, go Braves. Go Braves. All right? So, uh, so that he may please him whom he has chosen him to be a soldier. So no man who wars entangles himself in the affairs of this life, that he may please him, God, who has chosen him to be a soldier. So I'm a soldier. You know, I, I don't know what the end will be, but you're going to hear from somebody's email that Rick dropped dead somewhere, and I'll bring the body to Athens for burial. But until that happens, and I can't get up and walk, I'm going to be going. I have no desire to finish my call seated on a wheelchair. That's my prayer every single day. God, when you're through with me, just take me. But don't let me die on a wheelchair. In other words, I have a desire to go to Cuba, give money to the churches, and preach the gospel there. Why? Because my father's prophecy on my life. And that prayer wrinkles in my head. And so, how about verse 7, chapter, 2 Timothy, chapter 2, verse 7. is the same thing. Consider what I say to you, Timothy. After I've done and put, a, and the charge I put upon, consider what I say. Please, Timothy. Meaning, the fact that Paul was saying, in the actuality, the word of, of the Lord was spoken through me to you. Now, that was a prophecy. He wasn't a defined building and comforting him. In the life of Paul at this stage of the game, he is the prophet, he is, he is, he is the, the apostle, he is the evangelist, he is the pastor, he is the teacher. He's grown to that place. And watch what he says over your head. So he's saying, consider what I say, Timothy. Please consider. Pay attention to what I'm saying to you. And the Lord give you understanding in all things. Meaning, meaning because of the age of Timothy, he couldn't understand that. Consider what I say, Timothy, that you're able to understand it. Now, let's go back to First uh, Timothy chapter four uh, and verse uh, fourteen. I want to show you him here. Uh, four fourteen. With what was given you by prophecy, with the laying of hands of the presbytery. I, I think he's referring to First Timothy eighteen. That's right. It's not First uh, Timothy 4.14, but First Timothy 1.18. And he says, This charge I commit unto you, okay, Timothy, my son, 
according to the prophecies which were before on you. In other words, the presbytery, the group of priests, before Timothy was anointed by Paul, the elders came in. And uh, he is referring here to a moment in which the prophecies were said. Just like when I was in Rio de Janeiro, about to come to America in, 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 in 1960, July the 3rd. Remember, my father spoke over me. Now, now, we need to identify the moment in which the elders of the church, the presbytery of the church, spoken to the life of this young man called Timothy. It's very important that you sort of uh, find this scripture to where it is because you make a note and mark it and make sure that you don't uh, 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 confuse yourself. It's, it's Acts chapter 16, all right, uh, verses, uh, verses 1. Let me read it. It says, Then came Paul to Durban Lystra. This is the second missionary journey. That will change everything in the life of Christendom. And behold, a certain disciple. So he comes to Durban Lystra, and a certain disciple approached him uh, 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 in the street. And behold, a certain disciple was there named Timothy. And after Paul began to talk, Timothy comes into Paul. It wasn't Paul going into Timothy, Timothy comes into Paul. Remember the, the anointing causes you. Not to go where they are, but that they will come to you. Pay attention to that. When the prophecy is to be said, there's a spiritual order that you have to obey very carefully. Why am I saying that? Because you cannot put your hand on somebody's head and say they're going to serve the Lord because God is calling them in, a, in the name of Jesus. That's personal prophecy. The elders got to be present and there's a moment in which God will speak a charge. And whoever is involved in the charge, make sure that they're old enough to be a, a, a representative of the Lord. I've seen so many mistakes in that area, and I've tried to correct. And of course, the, the end of those people that are in the end, in the wrong stage, are simply dry to the bone these days. That they do nothing, but they should not have been in that circumstance, in that situation. And behold, a certain disciple was, na was there named Timothy, the son of a certain woman, which was a Jewess. So, in, in believed, but his father was a Greek and perhaps not a believer. But she was, this woman was a Jew woman, and she was uh, 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 anointed of God, which was well reported of by the brethren who were all in Lystra and Derby. Now, this is the moment where the consecration of Timothy took place. It's Acts 16, 2. Him would Paul have to go forth with him? And so the relationship after was spoken unto Paul, uh, uh, the, the, the trip continued, okay? So I have here then to close today some observations. And I have uh, actually five of them and I want to share with you. The first was being under prophecy means you have a call. People that are under call to serve the Lord will stay with the program no matter how the weather looks like. You cannot turn your head against the call. 
the authority and the blessing in your life and the, and the warfare that you're going to go through will grow and you become a vessel of honor and you do anything you can to be under your call. God has a call for you to preach the gospel. You don't stop that. You don't run away from that. It is a part of the main thing. Keep the main thing the main thing. That's what the Paul Trilogy used to say. Number two, rejecting the prophecy of God made in your life will shipwreck your faith. That's what I'm getting from the teaching. It will shipwreck your faith completely. Now, it doesn't mean that you have to be under RBM to, to have a call. The call of God is beyond affiliation with any ministry. It's a call between you and God. And no one can overcome that. And I want you to be blessed by staying with the call. Number three. 1 Timothy 14, 14 says, Do not neglect the gift that is within you. Do not neglect the gift. What is the gift there? The, the call and the anointing of the Holy Spirit. By imposition of hands. You know, if you go into... Uh, uh, into uh, First Timothy, you listen, you read imposition of hands. I mean, they were they act and they lay hands on on Timothy. Amen. Uh, I wonder where is that imposition of hands? First, First Timothy, John says twelve four twelve. Yeah. Neglect like the gift that is in you, which was given by you by prophecy, with the laying of, on the hands of the presbytery. When that happens, your future is locked in. You serve the Lord for the rest of your life. But when you are trying to please an organization or a bunch of people, uh, if they don't come upon you and lay hands on you, and the elders lay hands on you, then you serve other people. You don't serve the call. And that's why I have I been successful. Because I received the call. Amen. There's a lot of burgers on, on this screen down here. <laughs> All right. Given by prophecy. It refers to the anointing and the, and the laying of hands. And uh, One more real quick. The anointing transmitted to Timothy is done by the elders. It cannot be done by anybody else. Number five, the purpose of the anointing, the ordination, is to serve God in critical areas of need, remove all obstacles, establish the churches, most important in Paul's life, and conversion of Lydia. And after that happened, the kingdom broke through in the life of Timothy. Paul is decapitated in Rome, and Timothy take over in John, along with John, the church in Ephesus, and all the seven churches of Revelation. The Lord bless you. I haven't had time to speak a prophecy over you, but I will do it uh, tomorrow, tomorrow, in the next week. In Jesus' name, amen. amen.